Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's uh, focus in on what Mr. Johnson is going to be doing here. David Johnson, of course, uh, has received his mandate from the Prime Minister yesterday. Uh, some are questioning about how long this investigation should take uh, and just how extensive it can be in the, in the period of time that's uh, been allotted. Uh, to comment on that, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Michael Kempa, Associate Professor of Criminology at the University of Ottawa. Michael, thank you for the time. Good to have you with us again today. Great. Thank you, Bill. Michael, the time that they talked about, both the Prime Minister and and Mr. Johnson yesterday, was uh, May 23rd, which in some people's minds is not really enough time to uh, look after every rock and under every rock to find out exactly what's going on. Is is this going to be a a very protracted exercise, or do you feel he's got enough time and enough resources uh, to get to the bottom of this? Well, the way I read it is, by May 23rd, uh, Mr. Johnson should have made enough progress to basically decide, is this a set of questions that he's capable of dressing on his own and with the existing mechanisms, or does he find that he's so swamped by the middle of May that this has to go to a formal independent inquiry? So it's not that he has to have it wrapped up. He just has to basically decide if he can get to the bottom of it by the fall. And if not, it's definitely over to an inquiry. So that's that's really, I guess, the drop dead date as far as the government is concerned. Uh, and uh, the questions, I guess, are going to be resources. Uh, you know, I don't want to create the picture here that he's going to be sucked away, tucked away in an office in the corner of the parliament buildings there with all these papers in front of him. Uh, he must have some resources. I would think some staff assistance to try to to go through some of this stuff. Well, if you take a look at contrasted with the work of the Public Order Emergencies Commission, they had a slightly longer time frame and they had an enormous staff working for them, researchers, lawyers, academics, and so forth, advising them, and they barely made their time frame of one year. Here we've got an issue that is equally, if not more complex, much more complex than the simple freedom convoy issues that we faced with the Public Order Emergencies Commission. We're looking at foreign interference on the part of the PRC, the uh, Communist Party of China, other foreign states such as Russia, Iran, etc., and how they got involved in not only the 2019 and 21 elections, but generally the history of their efforts to disrupt the Canadian political process. You're absolutely right. This can't be Mr. Johnson squirreled away in a little corner office in the Justice Department or something. He's got to have a staff and he's got to have the resources to get to this in a reasonable time frame. There are other things going on here, as we know. Mr. Johnson's going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, but as you've talked to us in the past, I mean, there are other agencies that are, are are looking into this matter, too. You mentioned the National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians. Uh, National Security and Intelligence Review Agency uh, are also been charged now to identify any outstanding issues requiring attention. Uh, and is, is, I guess, is this overkill here? I mean, to have so many different committees and so many different uh, investigations ongoing at the same time? No, because there's so many pieces to pour through. And I think the idea of the rapporteur really is to straddle on top of that and keep an eye on what each of them is doing to make sure that they're not duplicating their work. And also then if anything is missing in their analysis, either Mr. Johnson and his staff will do it or that would become the focus of an inquiry. We're looking to avoid duplication here and frankly, make sure that these different committees and groups are properly sharing information and coordinating with each other because there has not been a good history of that on this file or any intelligence file um, going back for years. 
Well, that's uh, one of the ongoing problems, and I would imagine, Michael, it's got to be one of the first things that, uh, that Mr. Johnson would probably have to to, to identify and, and, you know, talk about is is the lack of communication. I mean, what this whole incident seems to point out once again uh, is that sometimes in government, especially in Ottawa, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Well, that's very often the case, and that is allegedly the motivation of the security professional who leaked all of this information to the Globe and Global News uh, over the last months, where they said, we've had this information for a long time. We passed it up the chain. We felt that it wasn't either reaching the ears of decision makers or that decision makers were taking no action having heard it. And therefore, if you read the, uh, I'm sure you have the op-ed of the individual who leaked, he claims or she claims that this was their motivation um, for the leaks to begin with. And then we can't also forget that, I mean, politics just permeates this process. Although uh, political actors along the way have probably acted, hopefully, within the national interest, the way they handle it now will be heavily influenced by their own partisan considerations. Is it inevitable, Michael, that we're going to have the independent inquiry? Uh, I mean, is this really just, you know, pretext for what is to follow here? I mean, I I can't see Mr. Johnson coming back in, in May and saying nothing to see here. We know there's something to see. We just don't know how extensive it is. It's going to be tough for him to do that. I mean, if you look at the history, uh, Mr. Johnson has not been a fan of public inquiries. He didn't want to go there uh, when we were looking at previous issues around uh, 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 scandals with the with the Mulroney government. But it has come out now, and of course the opposition parties have made a huge amount of hay out of the issue, that Mr. Johnson has uh, familial ties with um, Trudeau family and a professional association with the Trudeau Foundation being a member of its board. Now, for me and many others, I had a bit of an emotional reaction to that. I don't like that sort of thing. Uh, you know, from, for example, myself as a professor, if I was a co-applicant on a grant application with one of my colleagues down the hallway, and subsequently that colleague was being, uh, there was some sort of panel to review their professional conduct, I would have to recuse myself from that panel, not because we're great close personal friends, but we simply have that close professional association. So for me and many others, there's a bit of a reaction there saying, well, perhaps Mr. Johnson, as excellent a person as he may be, is not the one to do this very complicated work. But we now are where we are. The opposition parties will continue to howl about that as as they probably should. That's their role. But I would say, all right, Mr. Johnson is carrying out this work. He must be aware that everybody is now looking at him as a potential friend of the Trudeau family and Trudeau Foundation. He had better cross every T and dot every I through this process and in his report, or people will just dismiss it as letting the government off the hook by a close personal friend. So if anything, he might have to autocorrect and be a little tougher in his assessment over the next couple of months. If they go down that road, and I guess we're getting into the hypothetical here just a little bit, and, and he does recommend this, how do you form I, 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 an inquiry like this, uh, Michael, if they want to take it to that next step? I mean, even just the appointment of Mr. Johnson got so much flack uh, from the media, from the opposition parties. Uh, you know, somebody who is quote-unquote independent and, and quote-unquote objective. Uh, are, are there anybody, any people like that in Ottawa these days, Michael? I, I'm not sure where to turn. Oh, and that's part of it. A part of the reaction to Mr. Johnson, I think, is, well, at least for me, and I, I think I, I'm, I'm probably sharing the sentiment with a lot of Canadians, is a lot of us simply get tired of the kind of revolving carousel 
of familiar elite faces that seem to pop up every time there's a crisis as the people who are going to put out the flames, the people who are appointed to these commissions, these inquiries, these reviews. And there is a real sentiment, as evidenced in the Freedom Convoy movement, that people are tired of being governed by elites. So whatever, that's my bias. I've got to get over that and say, here they are. Can we find people who will define an appropriate way to review foreign interference? Mr. Johnson has that task. If he comes forward and clearly explains to everyone, here is how the existing committees and groups are analyzing the problem. There is nothing missing. Along this time frame, you will get these answers. Or if he says, here is what is missing, and therefore we are defining an inquiry very specifically to focus on these specific questions, hopefully people can accept that. But if we just sort of get a general sort of fuzzy blanket statement of nothing to see here, or, well, we'll just have a little bit of an inquiry without much of a clear explanation for where we're going, I don't think people are any longer prepared to simply accept the word of elites in our society. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for this. Really appreciate your perspective on this matter. Thank you kindly, Bill. Take care. Michael Kempo, Associate Professor of Criminology at the University of Ottawa. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.